powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and welcome to another thrilling episode of our show. This is episode number 331, and we're also starting the month of August in this very unorthodox year of 2020. You know, I was reading the other day, back during World War II, there was a newsman slash commentator who signed on his newscast every night with, Hello, folks, there's good news tonight. Don't you wish we had that today? Well, we do, because that's our mission with this program, to bring you empowering guests and information to help you make your life, business, and career better than before. My special guest today will be my good friend Jim Hughes, and he's going to be telling us a little about his premium method of placing the proper value on businesses by evaluating their intangible assets. And uh, it's very exciting. There's never been a method or a product like this out there available for mid-sized to smaller businesses. And I'll be talking to Jim coming up next, as well as some thoughts that I have for you a little bit later on about thinking bigger. Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. Join us for the Subaru A Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. I'll be back with Jim Hughes right after this. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. An available 260 horsepower turbocharged engine, advanced technology, and an extra large touchscreen. Welcome to the best Outback ever, the 2020 Subaru Outback. Join us for the Subaru Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant, it doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control, but that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards, and today I'm excited because I get to have on the show a great friend and a true expert And he's one of those rare individuals who received his formal education at one of the premier advertising schools in the U.S. 
the Art Center College of Design in Los Angeles. Now, he's held positions at both the largest and smallest ad agencies in Orange County, California, honing his professional skills as both a copywriter and art director. But soon, he kind of caught the entrepreneurial bug and got a desire for a more strategic role with clients that led to the creation of Todd Hughes and Marin Advertising in the early 70s. In 1988, Jim and his senior staff developed the first brand discovery process for small to mid-sized advertisers called Turning the Telescope. After a 22-year run as a senior brand strategist at his agency, then 11 more years heading up a brand consultancy, Jim founded the Brand Establishment in 2000. The brand establishment's mission is to assist, train, and certify ad agency principals who have a desire to deepen their strategic capabilities. He sold the agency in 2003, and he also sold the brand establishment in 2015. And all these years later, Jim has turned his attention to those business owners, CEOs, company presidents, and entrepreneurs who run small to mid-sized companies who are beginning to explore succession strategies, as well those leaders who have an insatiable appetite for business growth. And so he invites business owners to investigate his newest venture, Worth Growing. And this is so exciting because what Worth Growing does is it helps you learn how to increase the value of your business. And specifically, correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, but the uh, intangible value, right? Yes, the brand-related intangible assets. That's fantastic. So Jim Hughes is my guest today. He's been my friend and my mentor, and I've learned so much from him over the years. I can't wait for him to uh, to share his wealth of knowledge with all of our listeners today. So Jim, I know a lot about all these previous ventures that you've done, but tell me about this worth growing project you've got. <laughs> okay, Tony, thanks. And thanks for having me. Um, well, worth growing, like the, uh, the name implies, uh, helps small to mid-sized businesses grow the worth of their, of their companies. Um, you know, my partners, uh, Jennifer and Richard, uh, and as well you, Tony, um, we, we've all been in the brand development space for decades. And, um, and we know and we've proven it time and time again that every business, every company has a brand. Sometimes it's well-defined and well-managed and in place, and other times it might be there by default. But more importantly, is that every brand has value, and very often more value than, um, than most people understand or, or realize. Um, so Worth Growing created an assessment tool a few years back for measuring the monetary value of brand-related intangible assets. We call it the Pritium method. Um, what it does is the assessment actually adds a layer of value, additional value over a traditional business valuation. So this tool is, is really a godsend for um, somebody who's beginning to think about succession and wanting to exit their company and get the full price for their business. So can you tell us a little bit about how the Pretium method works? Sure. I don't want you to give away anything proprietary, but just kind of describe that <laughs> yeah. for our listeners. No, I won't. Okay. Um, well, there are um, brand and intangible asset value assessments in existence. 
primarily for publicly held big, big companies. And they're all governed by the guidelines of ISO 10668. Uh, 10668 is um, uh, guidelines that were established in 2010 by the International uh, Standards Organization, and uh, it does govern and, and dictate how these valuations are done. However, um, there are none that exist for small to mid-sized companies. And so, um, you know, that was our job. That was uh, what we decided we needed to do. Um, we set out to create a solution to that problem. And the solution was a unique process for measuring the monetary value of these intangible assets for small to mid-sized companies. Um, and the Pritium process or the Pritium method complies as closely as possible to 10668. Just for the most part, scaled smaller, made more simple, and of course, much more economical. So these large brands that we've all heard of, uh, Xerox, uh, Coca-Cola, um, brands like that, the, when you see these lists that come out about the world's most valuable brands, they're all using something based on the 10668, right? Yes, they are. Um, the people that produce those um, lists are typically interbrand, uh, brand finance, and Millwood Brown. Um, this all started in the UK um, way back when. It all started with Interbrand, actually, and then spun off the uh, two other companies. And between the three of them, they worked with the ISO folks to establish these guidelines. So, you know, they were actually the people who do it. So every time you read those um, lists, depending on who it's from, if it's Interbrand who published the list or Millwood Brown, the same process, the same procedures were followed. So yes. So, so now if I have a smaller mid-sized business uh, and I'm thinking about maybe testing the waters or maybe finding out what my business is worth before I list it or maybe call a business broker or probably call an accountant or something and say, hey, I'd like a business valuation. I mean, they've always used kind of a fuzzy goodwill. I think they call it would call it goodwill, <laughs> and and they would sort of assign a value based on that, right? Where this is a more scientific, based on actual readings that you uh, participate in and take to come up with a number that's based on the same way that a Coca Cola gets its value. Am I saying that right? Yeah, um, and I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, all business valuations say that they include uh, intangible value in their in their uh, valuations, uh, but they tread really lightly on intangible assets and particularly brand related intangible assets. Um, and you know, I don't know where they come up with the. Um, I'm not trying to criticize. I'm just making a point. Sure. I don't know where or what process they use to to value those, oh, maybe patents and trademarks, reputation, or the couple others that they tend to lump into the um, goodwill category. But they come up with a number and they set it on the um, balance sheet and, um, you know, there, there it rides. And um, I've, I've never really understood, and I've asked a few times, but I've never gotten a, a coherent answer on the process. We know that Pritium is 
you know, the first and the only at this moment, uh, you know, assessment method or methodology. So I don't know what they use to come up with those numbers. Well, Pritium digs really a lot, lot deeper. We, we get into the, the brand related stuff like, um, you know, trustworthiness, um, the, the purchase experience, the company culture, um, and on and on. And there are many, many, many intangibles that make up a brand. Uh, well, what I was going to say is you and I have talked about this quite a bit. And one of the things that I think is so attractive about this for a business owner is that whatever your valuation comes out to be from your tool, that that doesn't mean it has to stay at that valuation. You have opportunity based on the results to figure out ways to increase the value, right? Yes, and we were careful to, uh, to say increase the asking price. Right. Um, if you've got Let's, let's say you're a, 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 a poorly branded company. It's been around 30 years and you're doing business and doing a great job. And you go through the assessment, you will probably find at least the one from our experience, five to 20% additional value that has been discovered in your intangible assets. So let's say you've got a million dollar company value. Well, if you wanna add 20% to that, that's $200,000. Want to add ten percent? That's a hundred thousand dollars. So, the point is, is that if you are not valuing these intangible assets, you're only going with a traditional business valuation. You know, you're leaving money on the table. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm careful to say, you're going to sell that business for what you're willing to take for it. I mean, you 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 may leave a ton of money on. You know, if you want out by Friday and you you know you don't care and you know, you may, but the smart, smart operators are saying, okay, listen, I've had this company for 30 years. I've, I've built the brand up or I've built up what we call the brand. And, you know, by golly, sure, it's worth something. That means my clients are going to be more loyal to me. They're going to, you know, repeat and referral sale to me. Um, that's got value and it should have value. But in the traditional valuation, there's not a value placed on that. You know, in the 90s and the early 2000s, I spent a great deal of my time doing acquisitions. And oh, yeah. um, I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. You know, I know <laughs> I know. sometimes when business owners want to sell their company, they will work really hard for a year or two before really trying to make that cash flow number look good because uh, that makes it look more attractive, like you're really buying this cash cow, you know. And so right. to me, it's it's very similar to that, except you're working uh, hard. When you get your valuation back from you, you're looking at, okay, how can I improve not just the tangibles like the cash flow and the income statement and the balance sheet, but how can I increase the value of the intangibles as well? Absolutely. I'm careful to point out also that worth growing does not do biz traditional business valuation. We are not in that business we are assessing only brand-related intangible assets, and we're following guidelines set forth by ISO uh, 10668. So we really stay in that lane and focus. And so our expertise comes from, well, not only the years of brand development, where we, we know there's a great deal of value in brands, but also um, just in 
uh, we've been around a lot of acquisitions ourselves. I mean, I've, I've sold two businesses, Richard mm-hmm. has sold one. Um, you know, so we, we know what we did wrong and we've applied that here. So who do you think, who do you think would be the market for this particular tool? We believe primary is, is the uh, baby boomer business owner um, who is considering an exit. So, you know, somewhere in that upper uh, time frame or, or age range. Um, there's an article last uh, October in, in Fast Company, uh, and they suggested that there are 15 million privately held businesses in the U.S. And they say that 60% of them, 9 million, are owned by people who were born before 1964, mm. baby boom. Um, and they, they go on to say that um, you know, like 50% of them, of that 9 million, will sell to their employees or sell to friend or um, family or just close. That leaves the remaining 4.5 million baby boomers who are going to transition into a new, a new ownership between the next two and 15 years. Now that, that time frame does vary depending on who you talk to and what you read, but that's kind of the, the, the area there, two to 15 years. There, it's been called the silver tsunami. Mm. <laughs> and, and most of us all agree that that two to 15 year thing may have been accelerated by COVID. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, people our age, uh, guys and gals both, who are saying, you know what, I don't have another financial downturn in my, I mean, I just can't do another one. Yep. And so, you know, they're saying, I'm going to, I'll sell it now. Well, I'm going to tell them, I tell them as often as I can, if you're going to get a business valuation now and try to sell it now, that valuation is going to be lower yeah. because of the uncertainty of COVID. So if you do this assessment and you add those intangible asset values, you may be able to raise that, that valuation back up to a reasonable number and go ahead and get out right away. I think it's a very timely idea to do that. I do too. And so I think I'm picking up from you too. Let's say I'm not thinking about selling my company right away. There's benefit for me also to go ahead and get a read on what I've got today, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think I think that's a major benefit uh, to somebody. Uh, I mean, to enhance the value of, of your business, of your enterprise, I mean, that's just paramount to a healthy and uh, thriving business. And especially if you've got the time, if you're not going to sell right away, why not go ahead and engage in this brand development process or initiative and, and grow those, those, those values, you know, immensely. Um, Once you have a brand in place, that's really percolating. You realize the influence the brand has on product choice and, and, and brand loyalty, how it, how it can attract, and, and retain and motivate talent, um, uh, you know, and most importantly, a good solid brand takes the pressure off of marketing budgets. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, and I've been doing this for a long, long time, a well-branded company typically has a smaller marketing budget than a poorly branded competitor. 
because the brand can work that hard. So I'm sure a lot of people are kind of curious about the process and, and how it all works. So if I wanted to start down this road, how, how does it work, Jim? Well, the process involves um, one of our highly trained pritium specialists um, who actually facilitates the, um, the assessment. And it's a three-session uh, process. Session number one is where we spend time with the business owner identifying the five compliant categories we're going to assess. Uh, each category of business is different. Hospitals different than retail, retail different than manufacturing and professional services and on and on and on. And so we want to put together the five appropriate areas of assessment that are compliant with 10668. Um, and then the next session is the actual uh, assessment day. And that is um, a day where we, uh, we get the, the company owner, of course, and I like to surround him or her with three to four, and I like four better than three, other people from the company. And I, because I'm looking for points of view and a different perspective than the CEO or the company president. For instance, I'd like to see somebody, if it's a manufacturer, somebody from the plant floor. I want somebody in there from finance. I'd love to have sales and marketing in there. And almost always I say, hey, isn't there somebody who's been here since the beginning? I want somebody with a lot of history about the company and the company president or owner uh, to, to add to this assessment. The reason for this, Tony, is, um, no, as you know, all assessments are subjective. I mean, sure. they're, they're as good as we can make them. Yep. By, by adding those different perspectives, by adding that input from the plant floor, from finance and this and that, we start to make it much more objective. And then those scores get more realistic and more believable. And there's something for something that you can adopt and use to grow the business even further. So just to kind of help our audience out, so, and, and I'm just going to throw this out. So let's say uh, the owner or maybe one of his primary managers says that the product delivery system is on, and I, I don't know the scale, but let's say it's zero to 10. Let's say they say it's really good. It's an eight. But then somebody down in the delivery system actually says, oh my gosh, we're nowhere near an eight. We're really more like a five, right? I've heard that. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> right. So am I on the right track? So it, it brings levity to it, right? It does. It does. And there's where I think one of the great values of this assessment comes is the eye-opening. You know, sometimes that C-suite doesn't get down on the plant floor very often. Um, and yeah, you need to hear this. And the CEO... I won't get into details, but the CEO's vote is the only one that counts, but we're hoping the other three have really influenced him or other four. Mm -hmm. um, just quickly, session number four. Also, oh, so during this assessment period, we, we go through and we, we rate um, the five categories on a scale of one to a hundred. Um, most non-branded or poorly branded companies, they rate in the 10 to 30 40 sometimes, um, you know, the well-branded companies can, can score up to the 60s and 50s. And 
you know, Coca-Cola would, would score in the 90s and then the hundreds, okay? So we, we have to facilitate this very carefully. So the CEO doesn't say, oh, I'm, I'm, that's a 90. Well, no, that's, that's what Coke gets. You don't get the same thing. Um, you know, you're, you're down here in 40. Let's be mm. realistic. Yeah. And um, so anyway, during that session, when we finish it all up, we do arrive at a monetary value of your brand-related intangible assets. We also, if you've had a valuation done or you happen to know what your business is worth, we can then tell you what percentage of that worth is developed, is created by intangible assets. And you can sit right there and say, okay, here's the new asking price for my business. 20% more, 15% more, who knows what it might be. Um, so then we go to session number three, which is where we come back and we deliver the report. And we just reiterate again the, 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 the values that we arrived at, the scores that they gave, go through them again, make sure there aren't any adjustments that need to be made. And then we also make recommendations on how to improve the low scores. Well, matter of fact, how to improve all the scores because none of the scores are going to be 100. I mean, Procter & Gamble might get 100. Um, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Um, but, you know, certainly, uh, you know, Joe's Balcock Works is not going to do that. Um, and so we, we make recommendations. Here's how we would recommend you low, low, increase these scores. Very often, you know, the, the, the suggestion will be, hey, you need, to, you need to get a brand development expert in here to take you through this process. Mm -hmm. And the whole process takes about four to five hours on three different days. Well, I was very fortunate that you shared this with me early on uh, as you were starting to develop it. And I, I just think, I just think it's just cool. I, I think um, I just think it's a great tool for people who don't have or haven't had access to a tool that would give them these kinds of readings on their business. Uh, it's anytime something's been readily available to the big boys and now the small to medium person can have it too. It just excites me. Well, you know, that is our goal. We want every small business owner to have access to the the full value of their companies. Um, and we've, you know, we've worked very, very hard for a number of years now to, to make sure that this is legitimate and to make sure that it is a greatly valuable asset and that it is affordable. Well, that's great. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to circle back and give you an opportunity to tell everybody how they can find out more and how they can uh, contact you and all. But before we do that, I, I've got a standard list of closing questions that I like to ask everybody who comes on the program. So I'm going to shoot these to you. And as I told you before we went on, you won't have any trouble with these. Okay. All right. Number one is what's the best memory that comes to mind for you? The best memory? Well, you know, I mean, I automatically go to all three of my kids being born. Well, two of them born. Our third one was adopted. But even that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that day he showed up at our house was, uh, you know, probably the most memorable day. What's your three kids' names, Jim? Um, my, my oldest is Stephanie. Second is Caden. And then Daniel is our, our youngest. He's the one that's adopted. Who's the number one hero in your life? Oh, boy. Well, over the years, I've had different ones. Um, 
this may not be the politically correct thing to say, but right at this moment, probably my priest. Mm. What's the top value you subscribe to? Oh, honesty. Who's the most important person in your life? My wife. And what's her name? Denise. Wonderful. I almost lost her 15 years ago. Yes, I remember that. I, uh, I'll tell you, every waking day, I, I thank God that you know, she's still here with me. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> me too, and I can't have very much of it. <laughs> Which leads me to your favorite food. Well, I, as I said, I am a, a pasta fan, and I am the pasta cook in our house. And I just recently perfected an incredible Alfredo with ham and peas and mm. mushrooms. Oh, God, it is great. Um, favorite food, though, I mean, it is pasta for sure, but something else. I, I, I sometimes get cravings for a steak. Mm-hmm. Don't, eat it, don't eat them that often, but sometimes, I mean, I just say, I got to go to the store. Yeah. <laughs> we're grilling <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in this next answer what's the most beautiful place you've ever visited Hanalei Bay Kauai mm-hmm. well I shouldn't say that it is but I we've been to Ireland we've been to France we've been to Spain we've been Italy you know Venice Italy uh-huh. ranks right up there with the best I mean and it's not only the visual, but just the, the warmth of the people, the idea of no cars, all pedestrian, the best food, the best pasta I've ever had in my life. So maybe I would go Hanalei Bay slash Venice. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Happiness. How do you want to be remembered, Jim? A good copywriter. If you could go back and give some advice to a younger Jim, what would you tell him? I I made every mistake there is to make. (laughs) I didn't know how to run a business when I started my first business. Um, So my advice to someone, if they're in the same boat I'm in, not really knowing, I would join one of your industry organizations and be a sponge. And I would try to grow that into a leadership position to where I could, I could share it with other people in the same position. What's your favorite sound? Well, gosh, that's a tough one, Tony. I'm an old jazz guy. I mean, you know, I'm old. Um, so I, you know, I just, I just love big orchestrative jazz bands and I love I, I love hearing the, the the five six seven eight components of the band all playing against each other or with each other um, so the sound of music I think when it's well well uh, choreographed um, would be my favorite sound and it's an American sound too you know that's that's true. Duke Ellington, I think, was a genius. Oh, oh he was incredible. You uh, know, the, the clarinet would not have a role in jazz if it weren't for him. Yeah. All right, last one. Out of all the lessons you've learned in your life, what's the best lesson you've learned? 
what I learned once, and I won't say when, but I learned there was great value in being a good man. And by that, I mean having standards, sticking to them, and as much as possible, never deviating from it. I want my wife to uh, tell people, you know, I am a good man, or, or I was a good man if it's then. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think my, fo- my kids would all say I'm a good dad. Um, I consider that a good man. Um, and I hope my friends consider me a good friend, which I would, again, consider that to be. Well, you are um, a very good friend to me. And uh, Jim Hughes has been my special guest. We've been talking about his predium method for valuing intangible assets. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people who now want to know, Jim, how do they find out more? Well, uh, the best place to get additional information is the website, and that's um, growingworth.com. Not worth growing, but growing worth. I tried to get worthgrowing.com, but a a pot farmer seems to have that. (laughs) So um, growingworth.com, or I'm always available. You can contact me at jim at growingworth.com. Love to talk to anybody who's interested. Well, Jim, it's a wonderful idea. I want it to be super successful. I think it has so much value. And I appreciate you you also. And thanks for sharing with us today. And my pleasure and my honor, Tony. Thank you. Jim Hughes, everybody. I'll have a leadership lesson for you next on Better Than Before. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. An available 260-horsepower turbocharged engine, advanced technology, and an extra-large touchscreen. Welcome to the best Outback ever, the 2020 Subaru Outback. Join us for the Subaru Lot to Love event, going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards. I want to talk to you a little bit about thinking bigger. I've just always had this attitude that if you're going to think and you're going to spend time thinking, why not think big? Because actually striving to become the best at whatever you're doing is the way to go. When you think about it, who wants to be average? You want to get up and have an average day? You want to drive your average car? You want to have an average breakfast and an average dinner and maybe go see an average movie tonight? No, no one wants to be average. So if you're going to do something, why not do it to the best of your ability and strive to become the best at it? Your self-confidence starts to recede and the chances you will self-sabotage yourself increase if you're not trying to be the best. If you want to become a fairly successful business, you'll become that or less. That's exactly what you will become. 
We must never be afraid to set higher and higher goals because fear is our only deterrent. Fear will tell you to settle. Fear will whisper in your ear and ask you, who do you think you are to think that you could be the best at this? And we got to battle that. We got to battle fear and we've got to overcome the anxiety of setting higher goals for ourselves and our businesses and our careers. Attitude alone is not going to cause us to be more successful. You're going to have to do the work required as well, but it still starts with how you think, how you think about yourself, how you think about your business, how you think about your career, how you think about your industry, how you think about your customers. Many people have been programmed to abide by a particular mindset. Get a steady job, be safe, be secure, don't stand out from the crowd, blend in, just be happy with where you are, be happy with what you have. Man was not meant to fly. On and on the status quo drum beats in our heads for our entire lives. You know, you run a risk by thinking bigger because you're flying the coop. You're breaking away from the crowd. You're busting out. You're breaking the status quo. You're leaving your comfort zone. The biggest barrier on your business and your career will always be you. So why not bust out and don't hold it back one second longer by thinking bigger? That's our show today. Better Than Before is sponsored by University Subaru. Join us for the Subaru A Lot to Love event going on now. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at TonyRichards4, and our company Twitter is at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and our chief producer, William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.